Good afternoon on this wonderful Thursday, the earlier time of uh, 11 a.m. Pacific. Um, and there's good reason for that. Our host today, our host today, our guest today, I should say, is uh, none other than Miss Ashley Campbell, who currently is in a very different time zone to the rest of us. Um, they can't see you right now, Ashley, so hold up. So Ashley Campbell, as many of you know, is an evangelist, a guitarist, singer-songwriter, and of course, the daughter of the legendary Glenn Campbell. She is the proud owner of multiple Beering Bangles, and her new album, Something Lovely, is due to be released a week from tomorrow, October 9th. Please welcome the delightful Ashley Campbell. Hey, Ashley, what's going on? Hey, everybody. I'm just chilling here in Croatia. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> we, You're on a time crunch a little bit today. We, we understand that because of the time zone, but... Let's go straight to it. You want to you want to start some music off, and uh, let's hear what you guys got. Okay, you yeah. want to introduce Jens as well. Joining joining me today is my good friend Jens Kok. Um, he's from Hello. Sweden, so we're here having a little banjo summit, hanging out, just enjoying the beautiful Croatian weather, playing some banjo, and uh, yeah, we're gonna play a classic Scruggs tune that we've been jamming on, uh, called "Little Darling Pal of Mine." That was a perfect tune apropos for IBMA week. Oh, yeah. Do you regularly go to IBMA? I have only been to IBMA once. Um, I played a show there um, a couple of years ago. I don't even remember what year. 
might have been 2015. Um, it was when they had that big uh, storm. Do you uh-huh. remember? I wasn't I there remember. that year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, but yeah, I've I've always wanted to go back, um, and I do plan on doing a bluegrass album someday. So watch out. <laughs> That'd be great. So how'd you get into playing the banjo? I actually, so I played guitar. I started guitar when I was 15, um, and I always loved just streamed music. And my first real exposure to banjo was listening to the Dixie Chicks Home uh-huh. album. Um, and I really loved that, but for some reason I just never picked up the banjo. I, I went to college at Pepperdine University, and I was a theater major. And my junior year, I got into a play that needed banjo for the scene transitions because it takes place in Kentucky. And the director kind of knew that I was pretty good at picking up any old instrument and kind of getting along with it. So she goes, Ashley, can you learn banjo for this show? I was like, sure, why not? I've always thought about trying. So the theater department bought my first banjo for me and paid for my first couple of lessons. And that was it, that was it. I, I was just, I fell in love. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much fun. Um, and luckily I, I was doing improv comedy in Hollywood at the time. And a couple friends from improv also happened to have a bluegrass band. All so right. I started hanging out with them and watching their shows and I started taking lessons from their banjo player. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> what were, if you can remember when you started, where were some of the, what were some of the, you know, things that helped you get to the next level? Any, any, any little key moments that kind of kept you going on? I think a, like, oh, go ahead. Just we have a lot of, you know, we have a lot of, we're, we're all banjo players and we have a lot of people that are beginners and, and a lot of people, you know, struggling to get over that hump. I think um, I was so nervous to play with other people, you know, mm-hmm. because I, I I didn't feel like confident enough to improvise. And that's kind of what you do. Like when you're a beginner banjo player, you learn one break right and learn it well and so you play it and you're like oh let's play salt creek guys i got this you play it and then it goes around the circle and then they're like you again you're like (laughs) (laughs) you (laughs) You play the same thing i used to be so terrified of like not being able to hang you know in a jam but i started relaxing the more i played with other people the more i realized like everyone's learning together, you know, even, even if they're an amazing banjo player, jamming is still like a a cool learning process, you know, for all levels. And the the point is to get in there and try things. And if you mess up, no one's going to go, well, that jackass messing up, you know, your career (laughs) won't be over. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, unless you're like totally ruining the vibe, but like, yeah, yeah, it's usually people are like, yeah, try. And if you mess up, they don't care. They're probably thinking about what they're going to play next, you know? So I think jamming and not being afraid to take risks and try improvising and and don't be afraid to mess up and don't beat yourself up for it. Like that's the the best learning tool. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, a lot of students that are struggling and they I ask if they ever play any with anybody and they're, they're like no I never do or or they stop when they make a mistake and trying to get them over that hump of, of stopping when you make mistakes the music's still going the, the you know oh yeah I used to be like so afraid I'd be like and mess up and I go I'm sorry I'm so sorry <laughs> just just start playing the chords again if you mess up no one's you know right 
It's bluegrass. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> Maybe if you're playing at Carnegie Hall and you mess up, then you can be upset. But right, right. <laughs> so, so, what were some of your earliest uh, musical memories growing up? Hmm. So my dad moved moved us to Branson, Missouri for a couple of years of my childhood. We kind of did back and forth between right. Branson and Phoenix because he bought a theater, the Glen Campbell Good Time Theater. Okay. Um, and so I was six, seven, and eight years old during that time. And I remember he would sometimes do two shows a day, mm-hmm. like on weekends. And I would be backstage hanging out, playing with my stamp collection. But I always... I was really drawn to the instrumentals, which probably makes me a banjo player. Um, so he would play classical gas and William Tell Overture. And I would always run out to the to the front of house to, to watch those, like, every show. I did not get bored of them. Mm-hmm. So that's my first memories, you know? Yeah, that's great. How did how do you think, you know, your father um, uh, ins- inspired your musicianship? Oh, gosh, the ways are countless. Just... Right. He's always been my my role model. Um, even I didn't, you know, necessarily know that I was going to become a professional musician and artist when I was younger. But, you know, I just loved watching my dad do what he did, you know, because he right. was so talented. And I don't think I even grasped the legendary Glenn Campbell as he was. Yeah, he's he was my dad and he was awesome. Yeah. Um but yeah, so I lost my train of thought. I think I need to turn my computer on. Do not disturb. Can you do it? <laughs> Thanks, yes. Hold on. Over to the side. Yes. Oh, here. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. It's all right. Just all good. Happens here, too. There it is. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Um, back to wine. Um, okay. Okay, so. Your father and an inspiration. Yes. Um, he was always just so confident on stage. He was so at ease and he just was himself mm-hmm. unapologetically, you know, um, and that definitely, I've learned a lot from that just because, you know, and he, he even messed up sometimes. Like there's this awesome recording that I, I kind of look to anytime I'm, you know, if I mess up in a show and I feel bad about it inwardly, I don't say anything, but I think just go on with it. My dad recorded this live show with Jimmy Webb and he uh-huh. did this song called Sun Shower. And in the live recording, he actually messes up a little. And instead of pretending it didn't happen, he goes, that is sunny, but I'm going to get that right. And he, and it just goes on and no one cares and it's beautiful right. and human, you know? So he taught me to be human while being an entertainer. That's a, that's a good lesson. That's very good. So when did you start, playing because you're a songwriter now correct see and when did you start writing your own songs i really started actually writing you know i've dabbled over the years like when i was in high school i i I played piano and i i wanted to be in films and i fancied being a film uh film score composer (laughs) so like the first instrumental song i remember writing was the the next theme for the hobbit movie (laughs) yeah I still can play it. Um, it's not half bad, actually, if I do say so myself. But the first, <laughs> the first real song that I ever wrote um, was uh, called Home. And I, I wrote it on the banjo, and I, I, I wrote it with the intention of it sounding like it could have been written 100 years ago. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, and I'll I'll probably release it someday, but I haven't recorded it yet, really. And do you usually write? What's kind of your process of writing? Do you write on the guitar? Do you use the banjo, or do you use, or do you uh, you know write lyrics down and then kind of bring an instrument into the fold later? It's totally different every time. Yeah. <laughs> like there's there's some go tos like start with a lyric or start with a line, start with a title. Um, Sometimes I treat it as a game, like as an exercise, just to keep the writing muscle going, you know? I'll be like, all right, I'm going to write a song about water. And then you have to figure out, okay, what about water? <laughs> Why water? What's the, you know, is it a metaphor? Or is it just a good old-fashioned <laughs> drowned her in the water murder ballad? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, but yeah, it's any, any way that I can, uh, that's what happens. Right, right. No. And you have a new album coming out soon, right? I do, yeah. A week from tomorrow, October 9th, my second album, Something Lovely, comes out. And I'm so, so excited. And there's a banjo instrumental on it. <laughs> What's the name of the banjo instrumental? The banjo instrumental is called Mustache Man. And uh, it's just a banjo duet. There's no other instruments. It's just me and my godfather, the amazing banjist Carl Jackson. And we co-wrote the song together. And how it came about was we were, um, I'm, I, can you hear that? I totally put my computer yeah. on Do Not Disturb. It's and okay. it's still, yeah. still being a little sassy lass. Um, so Carl and I were sitting in his attic where he keeps all his instruments. And he brought out this, this vintage banjo. And it had an inlay in the neck that looked like a big mustache with two bushy eyebrows. And it was tuned in open D and I started messing around with a melody and then Carl mm -hmm. tuned his and we started, we wrote the song in like 10 minutes. Nice. Um, and I was like, let's call it Mustache Man. And that's how it came about. <laughs> and is there, do you go, when you're playing a banjo duet, I mean, you just did with Jens too. Is there any way you go about it to arrange it so you aren't on top of each other? So you aren't just, you know, um, just one, or you, any sort of, you know, angle that you, you take when you're doing a duet with just another banjo? I think, yeah, the, the art to a duet, in my opinion, is um, to stay out of the way. Like when, when the other person is soloing, to keep time but and, and compliment them without getting in the way, you know. Um, but my favorite part about doing duets is, is uh, playing the harmony together. I just think that's so much fun. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. And so you play, you're playing the melody in, in harmony, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we do that, Carl and I do that on Mustache Man as well. Is there kind of a interval that you kind of, for people that are trying, might want to try to figure that out? How would, like, are they doing, are you doing in thirds? Or are you doing in sixths or something like that? Um, or are you kind of doing it by ear? And... It's kind of cool. So we play it to all the way through just in unison. And then Carl jumps up to the third on the uh -huh. second time. And then on the third time through, we do like a, um, what he calls a, a roll, roll, roll your boat waterfall effect. So I start and then he starts a couple seconds later. Right, um, like like a cannon joins, sort of. Yeah, yeah. And then he joins back in for the last little stanza in the third above again. And yeah, it's a pretty fun song. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, you worked with Vince Gill on the album too. How is that? It was fine. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> um, 
It was amazing. Um, I wish I really wanted to be able to sing that duet with him live in the studio, but due to scheduling, we had to record his parts a couple months after the initial session. Um, but it's it turned out amazing. He's such a pro. He showed up and he was so humble and kind and just like, how do you want it? You know, is this okay? I'm like, mm -hmm. anything you do is okay, Vince. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was a really fun day and, and I, I'm so thrilled with the way the song turned out. And what's the name of that song? The song is called If I Wasn't and it came out like two weeks ago. That's a single. Right, on the album, maybe? Yes, it's, it's a single from the album called If I Wasn't, and it's featuring Vince Gill. And there's a wonderful live rendition of that on, on YouTube as well, I think, that you did recently. And it's, it's so good. Carl Jackson's in that as well, I think, right? Doing he the is, yeah. Vocals, yeah. Um, where, was that, where was that filmed? So back in July, I wanted to do some live sessions since we're not able to do actual concerts this year. Um, and they kind of doubled as music videos for the album. But uh, we filmed it at my friend Parker Kaysen's studio. It's called Creative Workshop in Berry Hill in Nashville. So if you ever need a good studio, that's a great place. Looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing, the thing that's, that, that got me on that particular, I was watching it a few nights back, and uh, it's, it's probably the first video, I, should, I suppose. Even though it's a live, it's not like a produced video, but everyone's in masks. And yeah. it's just like, that's going to be preserved forever. Remember, remember when we released that single and it was mm -hmm. during the pandemic? How crazy is that? Uh, and I know, how I, difficult was that process, you know? I wanted to make sure everyone felt safe and that we were being responsible. Um, sure. So, you know, some people wanted to wear masks. I would have worn a mask if I didn't have to sing and kind of be, I got to see my face. I'm, Ash, I'm the singer. <laughs> um, but yeah, everyone else wore masks. Cal, my brother played drums on it, and but he was in the drum booth. So he had his, it was like a giant mask. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think I think everyone felt comfortable, and you know, we we had we were nice and spaced out in the studio. Um, but yeah, I do. I had thought about that. I was like, wow, this is a very like time marked thing. Like we're always going to remember that time and that we were all wearing masks, and it was really weird. But we still came together and made music. The most important thing. Sorry to interrupt, Dave. Carry on. No, please. no, no, no. <laughs> Um, so you play, do you, uh, you have a number of during banjos, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you, do you want to talk about what, what models you have and, and about these banjos? Yeah. Um, I love playing during banjos. There's such a versatility with every different model. Um, I started out my first during, actually when I first started playing, I got a during good time banjo for that play. And that's what I was using. It was so easy to travel around. We took it to the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. So I was always carrying it around on my back. Um, and playing the one song that I knew, which was uh, Cripple Creek. <laughs> um, so that was my first. And then I sold that to get a resonator banjo. But I didn't. I still didn't know much about banjos. And I didn't right. actually know the Deerings yet. Um, so I sold that and I got a, a Recording King, which I toured with for a long time, and it was a great banjo. But then I met Jamie Deering, and she talked to me about becoming a Deering artist. And, and I came up to the factory, and um, I really took to the Deering Sierra because I'm I'm kind of a light, easy banjo player instead of a big, brassy one. Mm -hmm. um, so the, the Sierra is such a mellow tone, and it plays just 
<laughs> sounds weird, but it plays like butter. Like mm-hmm. it's just such an easy, easy play. Um, so I toured with my dad with my Deering Sierra. And I did try out a bunch of others, but let's talk about the ones I have. Sorry. I'm geeking out. Um, it's all right. We have banjo geek. <laughs> People oh, good. <laughs> the Deering Sierra is my, my main banjo, and I toured with that. And, um, and then when I moved to Nashville, I wanted to... I was realizing that the Sierra that I had was so quiet that it didn't quite cut through in the jams that I was doing. And I, mm-hmm. so I, I wanted to try a Tenbrooks. And so Jamie and I, Jamie worked with me and we designed a custom Tenbrooks Saratoga star. Um, and it's so cool. I actually got a tattoo of, uh, one of the inlays. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the fifth fret. Yep. <laughs> that's the fifth fret. Um, and it's a beautiful banjo. I had the neck modeled after what Bela Fleck had. It's a radius neck, and um, and the 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 wood is stained kind of like a the color of wine, which is weird because I hate wine. Um, <laughs> um, so that's that's the other banjo, and then I have um, so I tour with that a lot as well. And I've got a a long neck. Vega 2 that's gorgeous it has this beautiful golden armrest with beautiful like handiwork on it craftsmanship um what else do I have and I, I actually missed having the good time that I went and bought um the good play. time Americana yeah that's what I was just playing um and I love that it's a perfect travel banjo because it doesn't have a tone ring so I can carry it around without breaking my back um right, yeah. and then what else and then I tried out the the Clawgrass too, um, and I totally fell in love with that. Um, and now I actually have, um, I have the Julia Bell strings on the Clawgrass too, so I play it, you know, wow. two two whole steps down, and yeah. been having fun with that with some John Hartford stuff. Cool. And you play Clawhammer too? I do. Yeah, I started off playing Clawhammer for that play, and uh, so I do a little bit of both. But I wouldn't call myself like a clawhammer player because I kind of just figured it out on my own. I never had really any instruction in that. Right. And right. I, I kind of learned, I learned clawhammer by listening to Steve Martin's records. Okay. Yeah. So what I play is closer to like claw grass kind right. of what Mark Johnson does. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And how do you feel about, um, how do you like the radius fingerboard on your, on, on the Saratoga star that you have? I love it. It's, you know, it's a, it's a little bit, it gets a little wider as it gets closer to the, to the drum. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's different, you know, that's yeah. all. <laughs> I like okay. it a lot. So Jamie, do we have any questions in the chat right now? Um, I think uh, there was, a, a, can you, yeah. So there's a, a couple um, of people just asking about, again, our little humps, again, you might, you commented on the, on the, 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 doing that break over again, trying to get past that. Um, I think uh, one, I just want to find the question. How do you cope with so much testosterone in all those bluegrass jams? <laughs> you just go like this. <laughs> I, think that's perfect. No, um, I think that's perfect. I don't know. I feel like you just have to not be afraid to step in and take your place because it can it can pass you up, you know, sometimes when there's a lot of people jamming, you just have to be like you have to shove yourself in. Hey, can I join? Cool. I'm gonna go take I'm gonna take a break right now. And you're gonna right. like it. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. 
It's um, yeah, so my, my question to you is, um, you, you obviously love to travel. You, you do a lot of traveling and, you, you, and that's, that's pretty awesome. Right now you're in uh, Croatia, which is a, a wonderful part of the world. Um, how does travel and, and kind of getting to see a lot of the world, both kind of as a musician, which is probably quite demanding, you don't get as much time to see places, but you also travel as a, as a, a citizen when you don't have to be committed to sound checks and stuff. How does traveling the world kind of uh, inspire your, your music and creativity? How does it play into it? Well, it's, I just, I find such a peace um, in going to different places and seeing the beautiful things that the world has to offer. Everything, like, um, just before we sat down here, uh, the sun went down, but right around sunset, Jens and I were just sitting out on the dock um, on the water, and we were just playing. And there's a restaurant, the one that we're going to later is, because <laughs> it closes early, Um there's a restaurant that has a little patio out there and it, the waiter was standing out there and when we finished our song, he was like, <laughs> so it's, it's just cool. Like meeting new people. And, and a lot of times when I travel, I get to meet other musicians and um, it's really cool that music is kind of a universal language, you know? Yeah. That's definitely a theme with all the people that we've had on. Uh, that is definitely a, a, a big thing for, just about everybody has spoken about, you know, we had Dan Walsh on a few weeks back and he was talking about his trips to India and how he would share his, his technique and making kind of Indian style music on the banjo and then kind of comparing notes, you know, uh, Tony spent some time, Tony Trishka, uh, in, abroad in Africa and places like that. So it, it crosses over. It's, mm -hmm. You're right. It is. Don Flemons last week, I think, was probably the most profound. He was talking about the the importance of music, particularly in these kind of crazy times that we're in and how it's the the gel, really, of, of society outside of, I think he said food, which is fairly legit, but uh, would you agree with that? I totally agree. Um, if music be the food of love, play on. Um, I'm a Shakespeare. Don Flemons is amazing, by the way. I just love him. Isn't he? Yeah. Ah, what a great He's guy. Um, incredible human being. Absolutely. Yeah. I would urge everybody to go back and check that out and uh, have, a, have a listen to what he says. It's, uh, but you, it sounds like you share the same kind of sentiments as, as he does. With I do. Like, you know, the food is one of my favorite things about travel, but of course, so is music. <laughs> like, um, I was in Madrid last year and I got to go see a, a traditional flamenco show. And it was just so exciting, you know, but like that's their version of a of a jam, you know, instead of a bluegrass jam, it's this flamenco jam and the dancers are even part of it, you know, yeah. <laughs> a little I more mean, graceful it's... than butt dancing, but. <laughs> <laughs> but it's everywhere you go, right? If you yeah. go like, I mean, David spoke last week about uh, being down in Rio for, for Carnival, you know, as one example, then you go to Africa or Russia or even Croatia has its own music mm -hmm. uh, scene, if you will. Um, but it's still that idea of rhythm and melody, basically just coming together and and, and bringing people together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's there's nothing like it. You know, you might not speak the same language, but everyone enjoys music. Yeah. Everyone feels it. So outside of the the banjo uh, duet, what else can we expect from this album? Is it is it a departure from things you've done in the past? Did you push the boundaries anywhere, or is it is it something you felt comfortable with? What what can us, us fans expect from it so the new album something lovely is it feels like me coming home as an artist like this is this is who i am 
Um, this is exactly what I wanted to make. It's classic, but it's also got a modern spin. You know, it's not poppy at all. Um, I would I would call it classic country meets Americana. Um, <laughs> I'm blanking right now, but I just it it, it 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 comes from my love of the music that I love, which was all the music from this, the sixties and seventies, you know, early Willie Nelson, Glenn Campbell, Merle Haggard, things like that. So there's some beautiful steel on the record. And we, d I just wanted to create a soundscape that was very nostalgic, but also felt like here and now. And I'm, I'm really excited for people to hear it. Yeah. That's so awesome. I'm excited to, excited to pick it up next week for sure. I'm going to check the chat, Dave. You want to jump in while I just uh, monitor this chat chat line? I know you're you're you're, yeah. you're getting close to your commitment time here, Ashley. So I don't want to hold you up too long. <laughs> I'd like okay. to know more about what 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 you're going to eat tonight, about and what you've eaten in Croatia. Ooh, so a lot of seafood. Um, today we we took a a sailboat and, and swam and hung out, and we we went to this island that had a restaurant, and they had fresh um, calamari caught that morning. And a tuna steak, and I've been having some some nice langoustine, giant shrimps, um, lots of vegetables too. I love vegetables. Um, but tonight, I think I'm gonna go for a simple mushroom pasta. This place right over there makes um, makes pasta in house. Um, I had the the seafood pasta the other night, and it was so good. So I'm gonna try the mushroom pasta tonight. <laughs> nice. Okay. All right. Well, I'd love to hear uh, another tune, maybe. Um, do you have anything you could play? Ooh. Let's see. Do you want to hear a little bit of Mustache Man? That'd be fair. That'd be yeah. great, yeah. Just have to put this in uh, D real quick. <laughs> Standard strings on that? Just yeah, you... yeah, just light. Just lights? Yeah, yeah. that sounds great. Sounds really good. Alright, so here's here's a little bit of mustache man. It's all right, it's sounding great. I'm oh, yeah. to hear that with, uh, with Carl. That's going to be great. 
Oh yeah, it turned. And it was cool. We didn't we didn't use picks for the recording, so that's I, I realized right when I started, I was like, oh, this is weird. I don't usually play this with pick. Um, why didn't yeah. you use picks? Why? What, what was the choice there? It. We got into the studio and it just felt right. Like we were just mm-hmm. rehearsing it, and I was like, this sounds really good without picks. Right. Right. Um, and it's just the two of us, so we don't need to be loud. Um, so I, I think it's kind of cool. It gives it like a soft, down home kind of quality. Yeah. Did, what what banjo did you use for when you recorded? Do you remember? So mine, um, I hate saying this, but I didn't use a Deering. It's a, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. It just okay. it it was the perfect sound because it matched Carl's banjo. Um, okay. So I I have this um, vintage '70s Fender concert. Okay. Yeah. Concert tone, is that right? Uh, Blisa, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's got the clear drum head, and it just has this really unique sound that that went along with the ban- the vintage banjo that Carl was using. We have a couple of those uh, here at the factory as well. Incidentally, oh, historical cool. historical pieces. So yeah, it's uh, it's pretty rare. Yeah. Um, I've got a couple of questions for you uh, okay. before you head out. So, uh, Maisa, Maisa is from Brazil, and she regularly contributes to the to the chat here. She's awesome. Um, which is your favorite song or tune that you like to play most on the banjo? Ooh. Could be yours um, or it could be anything. To sing and play, it's definitely gentle on my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and yep. instrumental-wise, I I really love playing a, a Carl Jackson original called Song for Susan. Okay. Yeah. The, I've heard that, that one a little less gentle on my mind. For the, the video of you and Carl playing, I think it's a station in. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I want to say it's on his birthday like a few years ago. Um, and it's, it's so good. It's it's so, he's awesome. The whole band is awesome. But when you guys play that, there's, there's a number of videos of you playing it, but that particular one is, uh, it's it's very, very cool. I like oh, it. Absolutely. And then Joseph asks, uh, when you, the question that reads, Ashley, when you are not thinking professionally, what do you like to play when you are just living life? Ooh, um... I love uh, I love learning French music and gypsy jazz. So it's something that I'm you know trying to get better at. But I've always loved Django Reinhardt. So I'm trying you know I love playing along to that stuff and um, singing in French like Edith Piaf, um, Serge Gainsbourg. Um, who else do I like? Uh, Stacy Kent. Really good. Anyway, so yeah i love really relaxing beautiful music and i love the energy of the gypsy jazz so that's kind of what i gravitate towards when i'm just playing for fun Django's pretty uh pretty iconic right you can't go oh, wrong yeah. <laughs> all right well listen uh, i know this is a shorter one i mean you've got some uh, very important commitments that you have to attend to uh before the evening wears out um before we go david any final questions I think we're all set. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for coming on, Ashley. It was good to good to talk and good to hear you play. Oh, thanks so much for having me. This was really fun. Absolutely. And uh, Ashley, any final thoughts? Any words of wisdom for everyone out there before you head out? Except for buy my album next Friday. Buy my <laughs> album next Friday, or just listen to it. You know. Um, but yeah, just if you can today, go outside and take a look around and just enjoy the beauty that is around you. That's what I'll say. There you go. Could yeah. not agree more. Would you be willing to play us out? Sure. Is Can I use cool? your banjo? Mine keeps going at it. I'm going to use Jens's banjo. So, but while you're doing that, um, real quick, 
Um, I'm just going to uh, that real quick. Um, thank you so much again, Ashley. Uh, I also want to say thank you to our guests on Monday, uh, Mr. Eric uh, Gibson, who joined us on Monday for IBMA, and for yesterday for the String Change Workshop with Chad Kapodic. That was a lot of fun. All of these videos, including Ashley's, can be found on DeeringBanjos.com forward slash Deering Live um, and our YouTube channel. So go check them out. And we're going to sign off with uh, Miss Ashley Campbell. Ashley, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time today. Enjoy the Thanks. rest of your trip. Awesome. Thanks, y'all. All that's on for season. Jackson. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Thank you. Enjoy your dinner. Thank you so much, you guys. Thanks, <laughs> yes, everybody. Yeah. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye bye.